about it, but like that's always been a thing. The the coin toss and the Gatorade and the national anthem length, and then all the other weird stuff you can find. It's just it's it's why not? That's why I randomly just like throughout the show. This week and all throughout next week, I'll just throw out stuff that I randomly bet, like Kansas City Chiefs over one and a half team field goals. Buckers at least kicking two field goals, we know. Minus 110, I love that. Patrick Mahomes, over 285 passing yards. I checked that this morning, 297 and a half. So you're going up that much? Yeah, if you want to play Mahomes overs, maybe get on those now. I was. That's why I told you yesterday. I was like, I'm going to wait and I'm going to bet yeah. the under on that because it's going to probably get bet up to 300 yeah. and I'll take the under. Yeah. yeah. So I know he threw for 313 last week, but this is... Get, if, if the rule always is right, right before the game, you want to bet the unders. The public bets it up. Yeah, this is going to be extreme numbers. Like we're going to yes. get things bet up like crazy to where unders are going to be a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Also, we kind of have to pump the brakes right now. We're looking at that injury report for the Chiefs, which I know we'll talk about a little bit later on. A bunch of guys not practicing. I'm not really overly worried yet because we still got another week to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a great week. I can't wait to get into it all next week, uh, starting on Monday. Yeah. We only got two teams left that actually have a season. Everybody else in the off season, coaching jobs getting filled, except for Cardinals, of course. Yeah, the Houston Texans have themselves a new coach, though. Colt Thompson, of course, covers the team for Sports Map Radio, Fan Nation as well. Uh, the Texans, let me tell you something, man. I think that's a good job. Like, I don't necessarily trust the owner, or the, the not really the owner, the, the general manager, but I, you got a chance to pick your quarterback down there in Houston. You got a lot of cap space. Six-year deal for D'Amico Ryans. What's just the, the overall, I guess, feel around the hire and then the future short-term and long-term for the Texans now after this? Well, I think, guys, what you have to look at for starters is that this was a deal that was already kind of set in tone last week. They had a meeting with D'Amico Ryans right before the likes of the NFC Championship game, and then they were very excited that D'Amico and the San Francisco 49ers were able to beat that team that rise north of I-45 right up here in the great Lone Star State, but they wanted to get this deal done as quickly as possible. Uh, there was multiple conversations that I had that uh, D'Amico Ryans wanted to get a six-year deal. He wanted to follow a similar structure to what happened with Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan got a six your deal. I think the main reason why is because it shows that it's a long-standing culture process. This is an organization that's won 11 games in the last three years. They finished bottom 10 in almost every statistical category on offense and defense. And while they do have a couple of good pieces in place on both sides of the football, they're nowhere near contention. This is a complete and total rebuild. But the good news is most of the dead cap space that has limited them from being aggressive in free agency has now been freed up going into 2023. They'll have over $41 million right now, and that number is expected to expand based off of how they renegotiate contracts, how they let go of certain players that no longer fit the system underneath D'Amico Ryans. That's going to expand. You guys brought up that there's two first-round picks in this year's draft. There's nine total picks in the top 100 over the next two years. That's a way to where you can go ahead and rebuild your franchise, not just in the right direction, but you can go ahead and pinpoint what you want to do in the draft process. You want to move up, you have the draft capital to do so. You want to move down, garner more picks to be able to build something with it, and then move back up, you can do so. It's all about finding the players that you want for this organization. But for D'Amico Ryans, there's a lot of positivity. I think the biggest thing that you took away from the press conference today was he wasn't just talking about his time at the Houston Texans. He mentioned playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. He mentioned what he learned underneath Chip Kelly, what he learned underneath uh, Andy Reid, what he learned underneath Kyle Shanahan, not just as a player, but also as a coach. And I think that that's a big statement is that he understands the process of it is going to take me time. This is a first-time head coach. He is still very young in the coordinator business. He took over for Robert Sala in 2021, and while the defense was very stout in San Francisco and that he had a major factor into it, 
it already was established. There were already players in motion. There were already names that were already on the roster that had already been going through the building process. But you take away, the, just from the press conferences, how Cal McNair acted. For the first time in probably a decade, he seemed very cool, calm, collected. Nick Casario, who's going into year three as the GM, was very relaxed, very poised, seemed like he could have fun with the media, enjoy conversations. It was no longer a stipend of... Overall, how do we feel? Why make this hire when other negotiations were on the table? Why bring in these certain candidates? And at the end of the day, D'Amico Ryan's probably said it best. You can always go to certain places, but you can never go home to the team that drafted you. And that was the ultimate selling factor for him. Cole, I actually like Davis Mills. And so uh, I also really like C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, I like. <laughs> he can make all the throws, but he's small. Like, let's be honest, he's small. Um, so do you think that there's any chance... You know, I know where you're at right now, but any chance that maybe they give Davis Mills one more look and they don't draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud just because next year's quarterback class is so deep with somebody like Drake May out of North Carolina and then Caleb Williams, who's most likely going to be the number one overall pick, or absolutely not, they're taking their quarterback this year. I could see a way to where maybe they trade up from number 12 to get back into the top 10 and take a quarterback. You know, Anthony Richardson is a name to where if you look at the fundamental tools and you look at the mental processing and all the attributes of what he brings to the table, maybe an option for them if they were to go jump from number 12 to say number seven, number yeah. eight, maybe number nine and make that move. But you also got to remember, this is a defensive-minded head coach, and defensive-minded coaches want to fix their side of the football first. And there are two promising talents in both Will Anderson out of Alabama and Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, who will potentially be available because, of, of course, the Chicago Bears are going to do everything in their power to build around Justin Fields. You don't really build around Justin Fields by keeping a number one overall pick. You do so by garnering as much draft capital as possible and building for the long-term future. So there's probably going to be a quarterback taken at number one. I would not be shocked. The big thing is that there is going to be a proper dialect between Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans. They are going to have to decide what is best for the organization. Now, again, what could be best for the organization is waiting a year to get a more refined, established, maybe pro-ready quarterback and maybe take a flyer on maybe a third-round pick like they did with Davis Mills. Maybe give Davis Mills another season to try and figure things out with a new offensive coordinator, with a new quarterbacks coach, somebody who maybe understands what it's like to kind of be in this type of system a little bit better than what was being run underneath Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton last year. But I look at this defensive line class, and I really look at the defensive tackle class. There is one talent that I feel very safe saying is going to hit in the NFL draft, and that is Jalen Carter, where you can't say the same thing about names like Siaka Aika from the likes of uh, Baylor, or you can't say the same things about uh, Clancy from the likes of Pitt. You have to be able to land franchise cornerstone pieces. And that's a kind of a good thing for a team like the Houston Texans, is that they realize that they are a organization that only has a handful of cornerstones right now. And they have to be able to bring in these type of talents so that way they can build a sustaining culture. So maybe they do so. I wouldn't be shocked if they were to go with Davis Mills. They bring in a veteran just as a backup option in case of anything. But now that you have a defensive-minded coach, I think it does change a little bit of a prowess. Offensive coordinators are going to want to bring in their quarterbacks to build around. Defensive coordinators, they're going to want to add pressure, and they're going to want to make this defensive front as deadly as possible. And there are two names that very much could be selling stones, building blocks, and reasons for hope at number two. You sound very uh, adamant that they should actually go defensive almost here, which uh, I can hear the passion in your voice. It, look, too. it makes sense. A defensive-minded coach on top of that. And it's funny because, you know, look, in, more and more offensive coordinators are getting these head coaching jobs, and there's fewer and fewer defensive-minded coaches getting these types of jobs. And one of the things you obviously say then, well, if you get a former defensive coordinator that's a head coach, you got to have a great offensive coordinator because – 
That's just the way the league is now. What have you heard about the coaching staff and what else they're looking to do in terms of shoring up the rest of his 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 staff and what that might mean for maybe decisions that they'll make in terms of the draft and you know free agency on top of that. They got a lot of cap space. They're going through their due diligence right now. They are not just sticking to one certain name, one certain type of personnel spectrum of what they want. And that's a big deal for a guy like D'Amico Ryan who comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. The one thing that we know about Kyle Shanahan is that he runs the offense. He is the primary play caller. He has final say in almost everything. But up until last year, he also had a pass game coordinator and a run game coordinator. And the run game coordinator had a massive role with the overall play calling, but at the same time, he was one factor of the spectrum. So they could go that approach. I think that the name that you need to watch for defensively is Chris Kacarek, the defensive line coach for San Francisco. He's done a phenomenal job developing talent on the front seven for years, been in the NFL for 19 seasons. He's a native of Texas, uh, went to Texas Tech, started his coaching career out at West Texas A&M, bounced around from Texas A&M's Kingsville, developed really good up-and-coming pass rushers back when he was with the Detroit Lions, turned Ziggy Ansa into a pro bowler, did the same thing with Nick Bosa during his time with San Francisco. So I feel like that that's going to be a conversation. The other thing is that much like Kyle Shanahan, you could see a guy like D'Amico Ryans wanting more of a say in the final play calling for the defensive coordinator spot. So he could technically be the de facto defensive coordinator. But there was a conversation today to where he said he's exploring all the avenues. And I think what's really important to bring up, especially what you mentioned, is that defensive coordinators are getting short-sticked. And I don't think that they're getting short-sticked when it comes to the interview process, but their line of being successful isn't as long as an offensive-minded coach. They get a very short leash. They are only given maybe two years max to really kind of build this team in the right direction, where an offensive-minded coach, you see get three, four years. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury had a sub-500 offense for two years, but he's still got a third and fourth season to work with Kyler Murray just to benefit from it. So those are the type of conversations I think that you're going to have happen. Uh, I think that what they're trying to do is not just bringing the right coaches who fit the mold of what players they already have on the roster, but those who are going to be able to elevate the style of play. You have a lot of young talent on this team. You have guys like Nico Collins, guys like Damian Pierce, Kenyon Green. You want to see them be building blocks and cornerstones as they go from being a 3-14 and 14 win team to maybe a 7-10, and 10, and then a 7-10 and 10 to a 10-7, and 7, and a 10-7 and 7 to a 13-4. and 4. You want to see the same thing defensively. You want to get guys in there who can establish a culture and work with these young talents. And that's the good news defensively is that they drafted three building blocks at every level last year with Derek Stingley, with Jalen Petrie, and with Christian Harris, the linebacker out of Alabama. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of roll-tide conversations between those two just because of where they both decided to go call their roots when they were playing in college. But you're looking at pieces, and I think that's the big deal, is that whoever can make these these current members on staff that much better for the foreseeable future, that's what they want to do. They don't just want to get the hot name coordinator, because we've seen the hot name coordinator come in, and they've been fired immediately right after. Matt Patricia's available. You can always go after him. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up. Really quickly, does it surprise you to see how much love and how much like everybody wants to talk to Bill O'Brien after, obviously, his tenure? I mean, not the worst coach, but like him running the franchise, obviously, you know, trading DeAndre Hopkins for 29-year-old David Johnson, probably not the best idea. But does it surprise you? Or do you, do you like, uh, are you a Bill O'Brien guy? It it's challenging because Bill O'Brien is one of the winningest coaches in franchise history. He did take the team to multiple 10-win seasons, and he won the division yeah. multiple times. Well, that's a huge positive. But 
you're not looking at just that. You're also looking at what he did from a front office perspective. And I think if you take that out, it's at least a positive conversation starter. He did have top 10 offenses when he had guys like Lamar Miller and Arian Foster in his backfield. He was able to get great play out of Deshaun Watson. It just came down to let's go sign Eric Murray to a three-year contract when he's probably a special teamer, is not really a starter. Let's go ahead and trade DeAndre Hopkins and sell, hey, top five wide receiver in the NFL. Here's a running back that's coming off of multiple injuries and the number 40 pick. Let's just go ahead and do that. So it's one of those things where if you allow him to just stay in his lane, run the offense, do things from a pro style of what you're looking for, maybe it works out. But if you're looking for him to kind of be like the right-hand man and the new Nick Serio to Bill Belichick, I got bad news for you, Foxborough. It didn't work out very well here in NRG Drive. Uh, we got about two minutes. How how patient, you know, it was great to see Ryan's obviously get the six-year deal, especially after we saw Lovey get canned and then David Culley the same thing yeah. after just one year. But how patient, you know, are they going to be here with this rebuild before it's time to start winning again? Because you look at the division, and I think Tennessee's going to go full rebuild, and Jacksonville's good, but they're not a great team yet. I think middle tier, I think that the Detroit Lions is a perfect example of what you want to look for. They were a team that last year got three wins. They were an organization that wanted to go ahead and realize, hey, here's where we need to fix our flaws. Here's what we need to address in free agency. And then this past year, they make the jump and they go nine and eight. Now the conversation is, how do we not just be an NFC North contender? How do we be an NFC contender in year three? I think that's part of the reason why you get a six-year contract is they understand this is going to take some time. It's going to take a few years for us to kind of get our footing in place. And then once we actually add in the talent, where can we go from here? Jacksonville's the team to beat right now. They have the quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who if you looked at this past season, from week nine on, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. From passer rating to touchdown to interception ratio to completion percentage to every single facet under the sun. And they do have some money in free agency to where they're going to spend. I agree with you. I think Tennessee is kind of hitting that reset button if they don't go all in on Aaron Rodgers, which is going to cost them a pretty penny, and they're going to lose a lot of offensive uh, offensive production because of it. So I think that Houston right now is banking on maybe winning more games in the division, four wins, five wins next year. Year two, let's get that conversation of eight to nine wins, maybe fight for a wild card spot. And then year three, how can we go toe-to-toe with Doug Peterson? How can we go toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence? Do we have the pieces in place to be a really sustainable organization? Yeah, it's, I, I, the bright future could be very bright for this organization. You've got to be able to, the ability to move and pieces around. It's great. Cole, great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, guys. Cole Thompson joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America. Get back to the best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more.